Welcome to another episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. I am not going to let Doug use his announcer voice because that is so overplayed. <laughs> I'm just going to flat out say, welcome to another episode where we're not going to talk about anything heavy. This is going to be a fun, lighthearted, I hope you laugh till you mm-hmm. pee kind of podcast because yes. I need that in my life right now. Tonight, mama's got her wine. Dad, dad's fertile. Mama's fertile. Okay. We're trying to get pregnant over here. We can try to make uh, a baby. Yeah, I want to make a baby after we finish recording this podcast. I can't just turn it on by the sound of that. I'm going to need to be wooed. Oh, I'll woo (laughs) you, homeboy. All right. All right. Before we get to baby making, I'm so excited for this podcast because it's about time that we laugh a little bit on this podcast. It's been a while. I feel like it's been a while, Doug. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot happening and there's a lot of fun in our lives and I feel like we haven't shared it. I have fun every day. You do? Yeah. I always have scenarios in my head of adventure. Like the other day, I was thinking about going on another ghost adventure, like all equipment, going and hunting ghosts and seeing if we can find some paranormal activity around our area. That's what goes through your head? Yes. That and I pictured myself, for whatever reason, riding on a speedboat and putting a knife in my teeth and jumping off the speedboat. What? Yeah. Because that's, I don't know, I feel like it's a manly thing to do as if I'm going in and going to kill a shark, even though I wouldn't want to kill a shark. I was going to say, you love sharks. I know. So maybe just saving someone from pirates. Oh my gosh, you sound like a man who hasn't left his teenage years. Yes. (laughs) Or is heavily drugged, which I'm not. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, who is this man that I'm married to? What? Not going to lie, I had a dream last night, Doug, that I cheated on you. Oh, that's good. Well, it's better than me cheating on you. I don't know. Why would I dream about me cheating on you, though? Because that's not anything I would ever do in a million years. And the guy you're thinking about. And no joke, the guy in the dream, the guy really wasn't attractive. And it was it was like a complete accident. For some reason in my dream, I was like, it was I did not mean to. This guy's not even attractive. But I wasn't saying it to you. I was saying it to myself. Like, how did I let this mistake happen in life? And then like, I felt the need to be so honest and tell your parents and tell everybody. And I'm like, why did I tell everyone? I could have just denied it. But I like am such an honest person that I just didn't want to lie. Did you tell me? You weren't even really part of it. It's really weird. Your parents were more a part of it. Unbelievable. Good for you. We do have a shout out to give for one of our friends who left a five-star review. So thank you very much. And for anyone that wants to get a shout out, please leave your comments. Leave a review. Just leave a five-star review. We'd love to give you a shout out. Yeah. No, but seriously. So Lux of Lynn, she said, thank you for talking about anxiety and depression. You guys are helping and encouraging so many people, including myself, by opening up about your struggles. So much love. Seriously, girl, thank you for leaving that review, not just because it's five stars, but just for kind of sharing your own story. Because I swear to goodness, every time that one of us kind of reveals whatever we're struggling with, I think that helps like 10 other people realize that they're not alone. So for each of us that can do that, you know, then we were helping 10 hundreds, who knows how many people to not feel alone. So thank you, Lux of Lynn. And again, I want to give a shout out to Himalaya. If you haven't downloaded the Himalaya app, it gives you an opportunity to listen to the show a day early and leave a review a day early. Yeah. And you can actually follow us there too. So you never miss an episode, which is pretty awesome. And we love our followers there. Three, two, one. 
Are you looking for someone to share their deepest, darkest secrets on keeping their marriage spicy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you like, please dish on how to be a cool parent? Because yeah, I don't know. Please tell me. Well, Jamie Otis and Doug Hayner have got all you hubbies and wifeys and mommies and daddies covered. Yep, that's us. Because each week, we're finding a guest who will spill all their dirty secrets. Oh, yeah. Because we all want to keep our marriages hot and our parenting cool. Here's the show. We'd be hypocrites if, because we have in the title of the show, Cool Parents, if we didn't talk about parenting and how cool we are. Yeah, we're really not that cool. I feel like we're hypocrites for saying hot marriage, cool parents, because we don't have a hot marriage and we're definitely not cool parents. We're just like trying our best Speak over here. for yourself. I mean, I'm just saying it like it is. Though. I'm hot. You're hot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you that. But I'm hot and I'm a cool parent. Henley told me. Oh, did she? Mm-hmm. We'll have her on later this show to share whether or not that's the truth. Right now, she's with Gaga and Pop Pop. Yes. So she calls Doug's parents Gaga and Pop Pop. Well, speaking of We should have them on later, too. They're going to bring Gracie home soon, and maybe we can have them come on the podcast. That would be a fun little surprise visit. Yeah. Well, I actually wanted to talk about an article that I read about parenting tips, so maybe that can tie in towards the end. Wait a minute. You read an article about parenting tips? I didn't know yes. you actually read these things, Doug. I... Don't know why it took me this long to read parenting tips. <laughs> I know our daughter's almost two, and you're only now starting to read parenting tips. Well, you know what? Because I I get these alerts, and I have certain buzzwords that kind of go along with parenting and hot marriage, cool parents, and so this article came up about ten tips on how to be a good parent, and I just wanted to see if I was a good parent. So we're going to go through a couple of these, and I want to know your take, Jamie, on this. Okay, Doug. All right. What really caught my eye about this article with the parenting tips is that it says, and I have to disagree with this because it says no parent is perfect. I I would agree with that, Doug. I'm sorry. I don't know. I've you been, think you're a perfect parent? I've been pretty perfect from what I know. From what do you know, Doug? Because I'll tell you what, no parent is no. perfect. And no child is perfect. And but, that's the point of the article. But that's the thing though, is I think that the problem here anyways, without getting too deep, is that like I think we all try to be perfect parents and the stress and the weight of that and the pressure to try to be a perfect parent. It's impossible. It's like debilitating. Mm-hmm. I try so hard to do so good for Henley and like do good by her. And some days it's just like, forget it. The kid's going to have like a scraped knee because I didn't catch her before she fell and she's not going to brush her teeth mm-hmm. the way she's supposed to three times a day. She actually only brushes her teeth twice a day. And I hope that that's not like a sin that I'm admitting that out loud. <laughs> and then it leads into a parenting quiz that I took, which I'm going to ask you to take and we're going to compare our answers and then we'll ask Henley whether we're telling the truth or not. Okay. So when she gets back, we'll ask Henley if she thinks we're telling the truth. Yes. All right. I'm game. Okay. So parenting tips from my husband. I'll put this link in the show notes in case you guys want to see it because the title is how to be a good parent. It's like, okay, well, everybody wants to do that. So let me hear your tips. Right. Well, it caught my attention, but actually it's 10 tips on improving parenting skills. Oh, okay. So I looked at some of these and I started to reflect on my own childhood and just to see how my parents were You're judging your parents. Yeah, very much so. Okay, but that's how we learn how to be parents is from our parents. So fair enough. All right. Modeling. Now, I've noticed this because I've been teaching Henley some very, very good dance moves. (laughs) And I know, and and it was actually scary when she first started to repeat what I say and copy what I do. But I guess that's a huge part of learning is the imitation part. Yeah. My mom used to say, listen to what I say. Don't copy what I do or don't say what I say. And it's like, 
but mom, <laughs> the number one tip in this parenting guide is modeling. And that's what kids do to <laughs> learn. So maybe you should set a good example for us. <laughs> I imagine she never read this article. Probably not. I don't think it was around back then anyways. Well, and you continued to follow what she said, even in our marriage. I know. At the beginning. What's really interesting is even though I knew my mom was a drug addict and not necessarily, you know. You held on to her tips. I did because it's funny. Your parents really are like what we say to our children. It really does stick with them. And honestly, no matter how good or quote unquote, how bad of a parent you are, my mom was my superhero. Like she was my safe haven person. Like I just always felt safe around her, even though she like would abandon us and neglect us. I really did feel that that was the biggest issue is that I felt safest with her. So whenever time she would leave us to go on drug binges, I would be like, but what do I do? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that is also part of the modeling where they give you that love back, hopefully. Am I losing you, Jane? No. Okay. We'll go through this a lot faster if you want. We got to hurry this up. (laughs) I don't need all these parenting tips. Loving, which is something that I can't give enough of to Henley. Loving your child doesn't mean doing everything for them. It means showing them how much you care about them, make them feel loved. And I feel like that is also part of the modeling where they give you that love back, hopefully. Did your parents give like a lot of hugs and a lot of affection? If number two is loving. Yes, 100%. Well, my dad was always the coach of all of our sports teams, which I found as uh, very loving. My mother is a hugger and a kisser. And I always remember being able to, like even as a a young kid, being able to curl up on the couch to kind of snuggle into my dad while we watch TV. Yeah, your dad's a lover. Yeah. What about your mom though? Because she's a bit of like a high stress Nancy. No, she always showed us a lot of love. And she was, I mean, she was so positive and so... Really? Yeah. She wouldn't get in fights at games, but she, (laughs) you always knew that Super Bon Bon had our backs. Like, she was she was our number one supporter. She was our number one champion. She was so proud of us and yeah. always showed love that way. But you know, your mom has admitted that she feels guilty. I think mostly for you because you were the first child and she felt like she she went through postpartum depression. And so I feel like she has a guilt from that because she she said this to me so many times. She said that she would like get home from work and go to bed and not want to talk to you guys or she didn't want nothing to do with parenting. She just wanted mm-hmm. to when she got home from work, all she wanted to do was lock herself in her bedroom, go to sleep, and then wake up to a new day to go to work, do it all over again. Yeah, I never got that. I never felt that. Maybe it's because you were really young, and so she remembers it and feels kind of guilty about it, but which she shouldn't because postpartum depression, that's why we had Maya on our podcast to talk mm-hmm. about it a few episodes back because it's a real thing. And you know, when you're in the midst of it, there's not a whole lot you can do. But anyways... Mm-hmm. But I mean, loving isn't so much of hugs and kisses and things like that. I mean, it, it is that comfort, but... I guess when your mom was absent, though, did you give love like that to your siblings? Or was there any of that? Honestly, I feel like I was a bad big sister at first when my mom left because I was, you know, I was also a teenager. So I was so focused on just surviving myself that I like my my siblings would just like, literally, I remember my sister Leah, she wrote a letter to my mom asking her for like, like a girl's day. My mom occasionally would do that with us. And she was like begging my mom for love and attention. And I remember I found this crumpled up letter in the corner of like our like filthy home. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. like just very filthy. There was just crap all over the place. It was not clean. And I found this letter and I showed it to my mom and I was like, mom, Leah is begging for love and attention. And I remember my mom just being kind of like, oh, stop. Like she's fine. And it's just because my mom was in a bad state of mind at the time. 
And that's what kind of brought, like opened my eyes that I need to be there for my siblings. But before that, I was like, I got to fend for myself, like each man for their own. Like I was just trying to get myself out of the situation myself. Like, yeah. Well, I guess your role, it wasn't really so clear cut as being a sister into a parent type figure. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. until she literally left them at my doorstep. Then I started actually taking care of them. Mm-hmm. Before that, I was like, listen, girlfriend, I got to get myself into college <laughs> and out of the hood. Okay, number three is positive parenting. I love this one. I bought a book that's titled that. I think that's pretty much the title because I want (laughs) to be, instead of focusing on negative repercussions, I'd rather do positive things. So like, for example, when I was young, if I didn't go to school, I would be grounded for a week and that was like my punishment and that's how I was supposed to learn. And instead of doing that to Gracie, I want to do something where she goes to school every single day of the week and I give her like a star. And if she gets like 52 stars on they go to school for two weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. she gets that many stars and we do something special. I want to focus on the positive, you know, in life and in parenting mm-hmm. rather than the negative. I mean, we'll see how this goes. I've only been a parent <laughs> for a year and a half now, but I feel like, I don't know, I feel like to focus on the negative only causes depression and anxiety. I mean, I know I've been a very anxious and depressed person. And I wonder if it's because I didn't have a lot of positive. Well, sometimes it's chemical too, though. No, I mean, absolutely. There's definitely, there's definitely that. But if I can avoid Gracie from being depressed and anxious, I would love to do that. Some of this can be different, you know, depending on how old your child is, because someone like Henley, she's going to do bad things. She's going to do things that we want. Yeah. But what I noticed, Doug, no joke is, for example, when she's sitting at the high chair, she's a toddler now. So she's sitting at her high chair and she likes to throw her food all over the floor. If I just completely ignore that she won't do it because when she actually keeps it in her bowl i praise her and i say Mm -hmm. wow great job gracie you cup it in your bowl and then like when a little bit gets out of the bowl and she puts it back in her bowl i say wow great job gracie Mm -hmm. you know or like she tries to clean up her mess i'll say oh you clean up your mess and (laughs) and instead of focusing on the negative of her like throwing a tantrum and throwing it all over the floor i just ignore that behavior then she doesn't do it as much so i realize whatever you focus on whether it's positive or negative is what your kid is going to do So for me, I'm trying to focus on just the positive. Yeah. Well, number four is what you were talking about earlier. So being a safe haven as a parent, which I think you were just saying about your mom. Yeah. I always felt like she was my safe haven. Yeah. Turns out she would choose drugs instead of us. But hey, we're not talking about that right now. (laughs) Your kid definitely thinks of you as that. So we got to start acting like safe havens towards our kids. No pressure, parents. No. But I do think that creating a safe place where there's no judgment, I think that's going to be the key to having her open up. I remember I always felt comfortable talking to my dad about when I was starting to have girlfriends and the first time that I had sex, I remember I wasn't embarrassed by it. I was able to talk to him about it. Really? Yeah. And I just always felt comfortable with that. You would really talk to your dad about the first time you had sex? Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a weird conversation. Maybe it's different for guys, but I felt like he might be proud of me. What? (laughs) Yeah. For real talk? Well, it's a guy thing, I think. That's just weird, though. But I also, I was so inexperienced that I was kind of fishing for advice or, you know, just talking openly Your dad's about like, it. I'm clueless over here, too. Right. <laughs> I've been having sex for years, son. I don't know what to do either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which, number five, communicating and integrating. All right. These are like kind of boring tips. 
I think it's just bringing your kid into the decisions, but also to make sure that you have an open line of communication. Like you're explaining to them what you're doing and why you're doing it and having them part of the situation. Okay. So I read about this and I actually really like it. So basically, instead of just saying, Henley, I said no because I said no, which my mom always said to me. She was like, I said no because I said so. So don't ask why. And I hated that because it just seems so mean, really. Like it didn't make sense in my brain as a kid. So now with Henley, like if she's doing something bad, I'll say, no, no, that's dangerous. Mommy doesn't want you to be hurt. Like for example, she likes to stand up in her high chair. Whenever she does, I go, Gracie, no, no, you could fall and hurt yourself. And so hopefully she'll understand that I'm not just saying no, because I want to be like this mean, demanding mom, but because I'm trying to protect her from hurting herself. And I feel like that will really help her listen because then she'll understand why I'm saying no. And I think this also goes with the point before about being a safe haven, because this was something that I always had with my parents. If there's something bad happening, or if you go through something that's troubling, you want to be the first person that your kid talks to and they feel comfortable in bringing that. Yeah, I know that makes sense. Like if it's a teenager and they mm-hmm. drink for the first time at a party, you don't want them to just try to drive home or go home with someone who's been drunk. You want them to be able to know that they're okay mm-hmm. to call you and say, hey, mom, I tried this. Like you can get me? Yeah, I was so happy because Henley felt comfortable enough to tell me that she pooped in her diaper. <laughs> and this was a milestone. Daddy change poopy and she felt comfortable to let me know. To me, that's a sign that we need a potty trainer. Because <laughs> if she can tell you that she went pooping in her diaper, then the kid needs yes. to stop pooping in a diaper and start pooping on a toilet. Number six, reflecting, which you love to do. I do? What is yes. It? What do you mean? I'll give you an example. We were in South Africa. <laughs> okay. And I was, first of all, the steering wheels on the other side of the seat. It was a manual car. So we had to change gears. And they drive on the opposite side of the road. And I went down a road and we were going to the aquarium before we found out that there was a dolphin in there, which I immediately squashed because I'll never go to a place that encourages dolphin shows or captivity. But I remember going around the wrong side of the road, getting honked at, and then driving. And I was just like, oh, that was close. And you wanted me to stop the car (laughs) and reflect on what I did. You made me say, no, you have to acknowledge that you did something wrong and you have to see the negative pieces of that and then let's move on. Yeah, because you are like, oh, no big deal. Doug, we almost died in a head-on collision in another country and you just wanted to like pretend like everything was fine. And I was like, Doug, holy crap. Like, can we just stop the car for a minute and think about what just happened and try to prevent that from happening in the future? But I was like, yeah, I don't need to do that because I already did that in my head. Yeah, but I needed a second to breathe. That's (laughs) what that was about. Number seven on tips of being a good parent, your own well-being, which I think we do pretty good with, which goes along with modeling. Eat well, feed them well, take care of yourself, be healthy for your kid. We very much believe in that. So I read this article about how pizza for breakfast is supposedly healthy and it's okay to give your kids. And I, for one... I'm not on board with that. Like I wouldn't give Gracie pizza for breakfast, maybe like once in a blue moon, like for a celebration, like it's her birthday or something. But I don't think pizza's healthy for breakfast. Like no way. What is this article saying? So I'm going to completely disagree with you on that because pizza is way healthier than most cereals. And pizza not only has more protein, but it probably keeps you fuller for the rest of the day. There's no sugar crash. So I get where it's coming from. I think pizza is a great option breakfast. I disagree entirely. I get it that some cereals are very sugary, but like I don't give Henley that kind of cereal. (laughs) While we're on the topic of food, last night I made a ginger, soy chicken, and bell pepper. 
See, that's something I would give Gracie for breakfast and have no guilt or shame. It's not like she has to have eggs for breakfast, but you know, just something like more well-balanced than just a pizza. But what did you think about the cook? I thought it was delicious. You did a great job. Did you know that it was HelloFresh that we got delivered? I mean, I knew that we had that delivered and not for nothing, but you don't really research recipes yourself. So I had a feeling it was HelloFresh. Well, it was a little out of my comfort zone, but it does make it super easy to follow along. And I tried to play it off like we didn't get a HelloFresh delivery. And I tried to hide the ingredients and the pictures that they have you follow along. Like no joke, I didn't even see you cooking it, but I knew it was HelloFresh because it was, I don't know, just not every day you pull something like that out of your back pocket. Well, the best part was that Henley actually ate it, which she gets super picky with chicken. Yeah, I know. That's why I love HelloFresh though, because first of all, it's so fast and easy. I feel like you make dinner so fast and then she actually eats her vegetables and that to me is everything. But the best part is for me is that if you cook, then I have to clean. That's like the rule that we have in our family. And with HelloFresh, they make it so easy and there's like no pots and pans because they pretty much have everything prepped for you. So it's less mess. And there's very little excess ingredients left over, which is great. For those of you that want a great meal, easy preparation, you can go to hellofresh.com backslash HMCP and they're actually giving you $80 off your first month. So that's $20 off your first four orders. Okay. So if you've never heard of HelloFresh before, I'm just going to like paint the picture for you. Ultimately, you go to their site, you pick out what recipes you want delivered right to your front door. They send you absolutely everything. And if our daughter eats it, probably your kids would eat it too. It's delicious. It's super easy to make and it's next to no cleanup. So yeah, you can just go to hellofresh.com backslash HMCP and you'll get $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. That's $20 off your first four boxes. And that's like getting eight meals absolutely for free. So if you've never tried it, definitely take advantage of this offer. Cook in less time, spend more time with family. That's it. And less time cleaning up. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Okay. Soy chicken dinner. And if you want to smell good while you're cooking some food or maybe afterwards you want to get, you know, in the mood and smell good, I don't know, make a baby or two. Are there scents that are baby making scents? I don't know. If there's a scent that I could just spray on myself that would allow me to conceive a baby, (laughs) I would spray it all day. Oh, you would? I certainly would do that. (laughs) Well, I would never be able to afford any high class or brand name type colognes because they were just way too expensive and they come in this gigantic bottle that I know I would never use. Well, that's the problem. But Sunbird is the best way to try luxury designer fragrances without having to pay boatloads of money for the full bottle. It's a subscription. So each month you'll get whatever designer fragrance you want to try. And honestly, one of my all-time favorites is especially Escada. And I just get that one anyways, just because I like to have it in travel size. And I just keep one of them in my purse. And then when I want to try a new one, every month I get a new one to try from Scentbird. And I'll try like the most expensive designer that I've been wanting to try without having to pay hundreds of dollars for the bottle. But here's why Scentbird works for me. When I go into the store, I have to buy an entire bottle. And that bottle barely fits in any of my packages, any of my suitcases, and I want to try other scents. I I feel like I'm locked into that scent forever. Scentbird gives me an option to get so many different brand name high class scents. High class. I never knew that I would be a Gucci black type of person. And when I put that on, people flock to me. Oh, stop. People sniff me all day. Oh, stop. No longer am I the smelly kid in class. (laughs) Now you're the smell good kid in class. That's right. And it is perfect for when I was traveling. I put it in my little suitcase. It takes up and it's the coolest little durable little twist up, boom, spray, gone. 
but it does come with a really cool travel case that where you just twist it and it then you can like spray it and you can interchange the different scent birds within the travel case. So like, let's say you're feeling especially Escada today and tomorrow you're feeling a Dolce & Gabbana scent, then mm-hmm. you can just literally swap them out. So if you listening want to get some luxury fragrances for literally $7.50, that's 50% off your first month, then just go to scentbird.com slash Jamie. You can use the code Jamie to get 50% off your first month. So you'll literally get 120 sprays for $7.50 of any luxury fragrance you want. So take advantage of that. Yes. If you've been looking to try out some new smells, colognes, perfumes, this is going to be an amazing offer for you. Just go to scentbird.com backslash Jamie and you'll get 50% off your first month and your first order. S-C-E-N-T bird.com backslash Jamie. Okay, Doug. I think we should speed up the end of this. Okay. Well, Number eight, no spanking, which I could certainly get behind. Really? See, yes. my mom always spanked us. Right. And look at how you turned out. Hey. <laughs> no, but I mean, I wouldn't say like a wooden, my mom would use like a wooden spatula. My stepdad would use a belt and put us over his knee and spank us with the belt. Uh, see, I got the wooden spoon a couple times. I don't think my dad ever like raised his fist, but he- yeah. Raised his fist? Well, raised his hand. You know what I mean? Like grabbing you really hard, like no hitting, but- my mom got the wooden stick out. Oh, of I can see your mom her. going crazy a time or yeah. two. She, there was one morning where she threw a bowl, a bowl of cereal at, I think it was me and Lindsay or something. She threw a bowl of cereal at us and it smashed and broke on the side of the counter. What were you guys doing? I don't know. I don't no, know. go back. What I, were you doing that was so bad? I genuinely don't know. You'd have to ask her. I, I really, I, I, it was before school. So how much trouble can you get in from the time you wake up to the time you get dressed and go eat and then go on a bus? Like there's the very minimal time to do anything. I genuinely think it in experiences like that is that it's more on your mom mm-hmm. yep. than it is on you. Yeah. I kids. think she was, she was going through something. Yeah. She was must have been going through something. Yes. <laughs> Number nine says keeping perspective. So what is your goal? in raising a child, which I think just goes along with consistency. Be kind, be firm, be educational, be a resource. I just made that up. I'm not reading that. Oh, you sound like such a pro. It did did sound good. And now I just stuttered. Yeah. So you just lost your brownie points there. (laughs) That's funny. But yeah, instead of helping your child thrive, you spend most of the time trying to survive. What's number 10? Hmm, Take a shortcut. No thoughts on that, huh? I know where this is going. And I quickly went to the end, but take a shortcut. It's just saying parenting is the most studied and researched fields in psychology. So trying to understand your kid, trying to understand behavior, trying to understand learning styles. There's a ton of research out there to be a good parent. In my opinion, research is great, but being present with your kid is probably going to be the most important part. Yeah. And just having fun with them. Like that's something I learned from you, Doug, is I feel like very early on in our parenting roles, you were always the fun one. And I was always the one to feed, to bathe to put to sleep all the basics and then you're like the fun one which I think is a great dynamic that we have but also I'm like I want to be the fun one sometimes (laughs) well yeah you do make bath time lots of fun (laughs) rubby ducky this is a new song I sing to Gracie in the tub I sing I made it up I made it up you did not make this up. Well, we had a whole thing with the duck. No, I don't. Side. I don't. That's like Elmo. You Macbeth. No, it's, I think it's Bird or Ernie. And then we go, rubber ducky. And then I let the duck fall off the side and go, I love you. Okay. Well, 
that's not what I was going to talk about. Oh, okay, Gracie and I have our own routine for bath time. And that's, I go, you're swimming in the tub. You're swimming in the tub. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're swimming in the tub. And she like lays down and pretends she's swimming. Well, let us know what you think about parenting tips. I'm happy that this parenting site thought that they knew the best 10 parenting tips. I'm happy that we talked about them. So Doug sent me this email earlier today and it was from Psych Central. We'll put that link in the show notes too in case you want to do it. Yes. But These are not ads for these sites either. I just did this randomly. Yeah, no, but I did find it interesting. So I figured I'd share, we would share with you guys. Yeah. So he sent me the, the link to these sites and the questions that they have for you. So it's a parenting style quiz. So it's a, to get a better understanding of your parenting style. And I asked you to do it because I already did it just to see if we can compare the results. There's, I don't know, 10, 15 questions. Let's share what some of the questions are. So one of the questions that I actually found intriguing was like, how would you answer this? Society would be better if parents were more strict with their kids. Do you agree with that or disagree with that, Doug? Interesting. I don't know. I forget. No, you need to answer that. I know, but I forget what I answered. Yeah, I, but just well, what's oh, the I answer said, now? Oh, I said uh, neither agree or disagree. Eh, I think I said agree. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to be strict, but then, you know, who would be creative? Who would be... Well, uh, no, I think that it's like stand by your rules. You know what I mean? Like it's very confusing to kids if you tell them, don't go play with rocks. And then, mm. you know, they go play with rocks and you say, don't go play with rocks. And they go and play with rocks again. And then you just say, ugh. I'm supposed to keep telling them that, so I'm just going to let them play with the rocks. That's mm-hmm. very confusing to children. So we have to like stick to our rules and say, don't go play with rocks because they're dangerous. You could get hurt. No, I, I think you're having a wrong or a different definition of the word strict. See, that's the problem with these quizzes, though, is that like how, do, I mean, how strict are we talking? Are well, we talking like super strict or just somewhat strict? <laughs> well, that's the point of having the different answers, but it's in overall parenting style. Okay. Another one is children should get their way as often as their parents do. And the answers are strongly disagree, disagree, neither agree or disagree, agree or strongly agree. This is like back to middle school. Right. Well, I put disagree for that. I mean, I hit strongly disagree for that. Children should not get away with it as often as their parents do. So everybody gets the idea behind the quiz. So now I'm going to read you the results. Yes. What kind of of parenting style do you have, Doug? My parenting. So I got a 15 in authoritarianism, which is halfway between more democratic or more authoritative. Oh, gosh. I got politics out of this. 24 in flexibility, which either more laissez-faire or more specific, which is heavily on the more specific side. And permissive gave me a 13, which is a little on the more strict side than more lenient side. Which Wow, interesting. I just want to like tell you what my, I just pulled up my results on my phone because we have very similar results, Doug. So for authoritarianism, I have a 17, which you had a 15. And that means I'm more authoritative, which is kind of not surprising. And then for flexibility, I had a 22 and you had a 24. So what's interesting is that I'm more laissez-faire fair than you are, which doesn't make sense because if they're I'm saying- way I'm way more laissez-faire. It says that for me, you are balanced between being authoritative and democratic. You are specific. So whether you're an earth mother or a PTA president or both, you're concerned with setting specific expectations for your kids' behavior. You do this both by telling them what to do and by acting we as a role model. We have the same exact results, Doug. I kid you not. I'm authoritative, I'm specific, and I'm strict. And I just read your results, and those are the same exact results you got. See, that's why I don't trust these quizzes. (laughs) (laughs) Or does that mean we're great parents? 
it could mean that we're on the same page, which that's awesome. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, you hear the dogs barking? Yeah. My in-laws just got here. Gracie is here. Let's bring them on the podcast. Where's my baby? What do you have to say? Hi, baby. Because I checked every single time. Like I'm trying. Hi, daddy. Baba Booey. <laughs> you poopy. Get over here and say hello to mommy. What do you have to say? What do you have to say? Hi, daddy. Hi, hi baby. Hi, Gigi. <laughs> Can you say hi, mommy? Hi, mommy. Oh, hi, Gracie. Henley, do you think that we're good parents? Hi, daddy. I want to You want to sit down? <sighs> if you guys could see her right now, she has her mouth on the microphone and she's <laughs> eating it. We both took a parenting quiz and it says that we're authoritative strict and laissez-faire. What do you think? <laughs> Gracie, did you have fun with Gaga and Pop Pop? Yeah. What do you do with Gaga and Pop Pop? Do you love Dada? No. no. <laughs> do you love Mama? No. What? What? <laughs> do you love Pop Pop? Yes, I do. Yes, oh. I do. Oh, yeah? Can, oh, yeah? Can you count to ten? Pop Pop didn't push you out of his hoo-ha. Ah. Can, can you, you count to ten? No. Can you count my fingers? How many fingers? Nine ten. There you go. Good job, Gracie. Great job, Henley. What about your ABCs? Can you sing your ABCs? A A A is for what's A? What's A for? Hey. Hey. Do you guys want to hop on the podcast? Hi. 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 Are you a podcaster now, Henley? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to say hi to our friends? Hi. Hi. Hi, friends. Can you say hi, friends? Hi. Yeah. Do you like poopy? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes. yes, I do. Yes, yes, I do. You love poopy? Yeah. Yeah, I love poopy too. What do you want to do again? Can you sing the itsy bitsy spider went up the water spout down came the rain? Gracie. So we had the topic for the podcast was about parenting and being authoritative, (laughs) authoritarianism. Dictator. No, because there was an article that had 10 tips on being a better parent. Let's just ask your parents because I thought that article was so boring. I want to hear their top tips on being a parent. Well, that's what I was going to get to. All right. So Doug and Bonnie, go. Well, let me start first. So the article that came up just talked about parenting tips or becoming a better parent. Did you guys do any classes, parenting classes, or I guess how did you figure out what roles to take as a parent? First of all, I have a very bad cold. (laughs) So I'm going to I'll quiet. I saw this in the movie. Go ahead, no, Satan. The they're, really they're making fun of me because I have laryngitis. When I knew I was pregnant and when I had you, Dr. Spock was my go-to. When he first started talking about, you know, babies and stuff like that. But when... Dr. Spock from Star Trek? No. He wrote a book. Oh. It was almost like everything you ever wanted to know about a baby. He even had green poop as a topic. 
in there. And I mean, one was a page marker. That was a page marker because each one of you kids had green poop. And I like went insane. Like, oh my God, what is this? Stomachache. That's what he had in the book. Not to worry. Stomachache. Sure enough, it cleared up. But as a parent, you know, everything is trial and error. You know, you see what works. I am the stern one. Each one of you would ask me a question. Can I do such and such? My first remark was no. So then they went to daddy. He was the softy. He wasn't the hardy, you know, but we discussed. It's really all trial and error. Any type of situation that comes up. I have to say between he and I, the most important thing was hugging and kissing and just, you know, showing how much affection we could give you. Yeah, that was one of the topics was being loving, but also I think it was communication, oh, absolutely. Um, reflection or modeling because it says that kids are so impressionable. Hi, baby. Kids are so impressionable about watching your every move and mimicking you. So one of the things came up was about spanking. And mm-hmm. I said, I don't remember really getting spanked, but I think dad grabbed us a, a couple times and like hard pushed. And then you hit us with a wooden spoon. No, I did. I never hit you with a a ruler. I slapped you on the leg with a ruler. But the uh, story that came up was that you threw a a bowl of cereal at us and the bowl smashed against the counter. And I couldn't remember what we did to warrant that. Picture this. You're up. You all dilly-dallied getting ready for school. You know the school bus is coming in 15 minutes, and you and Lindsay, Matthew, I don't think was... Uh, Didn't was matter. Just, he was just a baby. Oh. But you you and Lindsay were dad, 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 bickering back and forth, and I'm yelling at you, will you hurry up and eat? Will you hurry up and eat? The bus is coming. You got to brush your teeth. Da, da, da. So you all, I, you got me so angry that I took the bowl of oatmeal and I threw it across the room to the sink. Well, the whole thing smashed. It broke tile behind my sink and oatmeal was everywhere. So who lost? You got ready to go to school. Then I had to clean up all of the oatmeal all over everywhere. Do you remember what kind of oatmeal it was? No, I don't. I don't like oatmeal, so I really don't care. Gotcha. I didn't care. (laughs) (laughs) And dad, what, what did you focus on when you were a parent? I focused on business meetings and staying out late. Oh, no. I was saying that I remember both of you always cuddling on the couch to watch TV and then always being available to have a catch or go to the park to kick a ball. Absolutely. What's one funny thing that you remember about us kids growing up? All right. First thing I, I can remember is... You used to, you were by yourself. Lindsay wasn't born yet. Mom might have been pregnant, but you went in your back room to go and play, not knowing that she was in the back room sleeping with a cold or sick or whatever pregnant ladies do at at that time. And I'm out there, you know, just watching TV as it was going in a small house. And next thing I know, you came running out of the room, screaming, yelling with your hands up in the air, you know. And you were only two years old. Nice. And I'm going, what the heck happened? I jumped up out of there, and all she did was roll over and make a ghost sound while you were in your dark toy box in the room. Go, and you came running out there. You stuttered for like three years. After oh, that. stop it. You did <laughs> he not. Did. 
I, I heard that I had such a terrible stutter when I was younger. I didn't know that's why. No, and that wasn't why. Stop lying. Okay, well, he didn't, he didn't he start. No, he didn't start stuttering till he was five and in kindergarten. When did I stop peeing in the bed? When you were probably 12. Okay, so I, I was right. It was before a teenager. Yeah, out in Utah was the last time we had to hide the stuff during that AAU tournament. And I also wanted to talk about, didn't I walk in on you guys having sex at one point? Oh, my God. Probably all the time, because you are always in our bed. We'd wake up, up oh, there's Dougie. Never when heard you of- get married, people. Always marry somebody that is like a whore in the bedroom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> she just didn't have any self-control. And I'm not, I'm not complaining. It but sounds if, like you are. If you, compl- if you got caught, I do remember getting caught, and the my, bottom of my toe had a, a plastic alligator going on my toe up and down. <laughs> and we turned down there and looked, and it was like, oh, God. And that he started stuttering after that. He did not. Will you stop that? I think he did. I don't I know think he, he stuttered did. for a while. Yeah, when he was five years old. When he was five years old. And that wasn't because of us. It was because of... A neighbor's kid walked in on us one afternoon. <laughs> for um, real? For real. Yeah. I don't want to name his name because, you know, he's in the Marines and then he'll come back and kick my butt. <laughs> you scarred him for life. <laughs> Bonnie did, not me. Oh, get out of here. Bonnie so was a hairy back. <laughs> a gorilla. So how did parenting change from having me to having Matt? Or did it change? Like, what can Jamie and I expect with multiple children? <laughs> the first one, you're coddled, you're coddled, you're coddled. We walk behind you to make sure you don't fall. It's a wonder that you could even do anything without us behind you. Then when Lindsay came... Lindsay was so totally different. You still needed coddling. She was Miss Independent. She wanted to be held on her terms. She wanted to talk to us on her terms, hug us on her terms, whereas you always would sit on our laps and, you know, you were always hugged. Then when Matt came along, he said, ah, take care of yourself. (laughs) Well, it wasn't that bad. The long story short is when you were born, go up the 12 stairs to walk up, you know, on your hands and knees. And then the first thing I always teach everybody is get on your stomach and then come down that way. And you did that very good. 15 months later, we're doing it with Lindsay and she did it very good. And then four years later, when Matt was born, it was just like, just hold on, you know, whatever you want to do, hold on to the side, go down on your butt. You know, it was all three were all different like that. Yeah. And then he started stuttering. (laughs) Stop it. Hello, my baby girl. But Henley's such a good little girl. She's Okay, so from this parenting questioning, Henley's just like the way Doug was. Yes. Correct? Yes. Mason is a maniac, just like I was and just like Matt was. Right. You know, he's got that same look in his eye, the same, you know, don't do that. And he goes and does it anyway. And Lindsay is, Amelia is the same as she is, doesn't want to be held, arches her back, tries to get out of there, and just goes and walks. Pretty soon she'll be going through people's drawers like she did at grandma's house, trying to take out all the stuff from their bedroom. Better question of all is, Henley, do you feel like you have good parents and grandparents? Yes, I do. Do you love your Gaga and your Pop-Pop? Yeah. Do you love your Dada and Mama? Dada. 
You love you got got. Can you say pop pop? Pop pop. Can you say delicious? Oh, uh, that's yeah. yeah. Two. We. Yeah. Oh, you're so smart. Can you say Baba Booby. Baba Booby. <laughs> That's to anybody. Everybody loves Howard Stern and the Hainer family. Yes. So Baba Booey is like a Howard Stern thing. What did Gaga teach you to say? What did Gaga Grace, say? Gracie, what did Gaga teach you to say? I went down. Wait a minute, mommy wants wants the world to know that Gaga taught you. Wow. Well, thank you. That was good. <laughs> I want to hear more embarrassing stories about Doug. Give me more. One story then, if you want to hear it, was do you spank your kids? Do you not spank your kids? No, you don't have to. Uh, you could use your tone of voice, but in Doug's case, at 15 years old, he hit his sister for something, and his sister's younger. But he hit his sister for something, and then I won't stand for that. I had to go run upstairs, chase him up there, kick his door open. Had to fix the door after it, but never, never to hit his sister or any girls at all for any reason whatsoever. Even though I hit Lindsay with a ruler on her leg. I remember what that was, too. I think I was, I was sitting on the couch outside or on the porch, and Lindsay came over and woke me up from his sleep, and I think I had like a little toy play gun. And I just, without even looking, I just like went this way and it hit her in the head. But even when you found weed in my drawer, you still didn't hit me. I remember that you cried. Cried. Well, no, I, I cried and that you gave me a hug. And That's the first time dealing with something like that. It was Matt going to Pop Warner, which he hated. And I gave him a sweatshirt to put over his shoulder pads. Now, Matt was only nine, 10 years old. And I gave him a sweatshirt, but of course it was Lindsay's sweatshirt. Matt put up a big stink about wearing a girl's sweatshirt to football practice. So I went into Doug's room just to open up stuff and I found the little bag of weed that was there. And I was like, oh God, 15 years old is when it's going to start. And then, you know, we had that discussion. I left it out on his bed so that when he got home from school, he would have to walk upstairs, see it, and I figured maybe he'd come down or be a little scared about it, but he wasn't. I had to go upstairs and said, you know, what's this? You know, and then he goes, well, it's just weed, like anybody says. And I tried it. I liked it. And I was going to make a few dollars off it. All wrong answers. I said that? Yeah, all wrong answers. I found out where it came from. And, you know, I didn't confront them because I dealt with uh, the mother of the girls that he got it from. But it was just one of those things, how bad are you going to get when you grew up in the 60s and 70s like I did and you smoked forever? And matter of fact, the same thing that I said back in the early 70s and, and late 60s is the same thing my younger son, Matt, said to me not too long ago or before he started working, I should say. But in there, it grows out of the ground. It's got to be natural, wherever that came from. But And now, look, they're trying to legalize it. So it wasn't a stepping stone drug. It wasn't anything. It was just like between that and drinking, you know, you're tossing up, which is worse at the time. Well, I used to, when he did come home one time, all of my children used to stop and say hello, come in and talk to us. Wherever they were, this night, Douglas decided he's going to just walk right upstairs. So we're sitting in the kitchen. So I said, get down here. No, I'm going to bed. I said, get down here. 
Because if he didn't come and say, you know, you know something's up when it's a routine. Every time they came in, they, they come over, they give you a kiss. Hello, I'm tired. I'm going to bed, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so anyway, Doug comes down. He could not even hold onto the counter. That's how drunk he was. Yes. It was the first, and I still can't drink Bacardi from that night. So anyway, when I heard him, I said, get your ass up to bed. I, you know, I said, I don't even want to look at you. We had a basketball tournament the next day. So he went upstairs and a little while later, I hear him go, bleh, bleh, and I clapped. I said, I hope you're sick as a dog. Don't you know that little son of a bee had the best game of his career in high school? Was it, it was high yeah. school basketball against Ocean Township. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know. Well, and I remember that Matt came in and said, I always wondered what it would be like to drink or be drunk. And I, I, this is one of the things I remember from that night. I was like, look at him. Look at him. He's a piece of shit. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> throw up. I want you to throw up more. But also, too, the day after I got caught with weed in my drawer, we played against Elizabeth in, in football. And I scored every single point. I think I had three touchdowns. I, this is not a PSA to drink or, or smoke weed. That's right. But it does he's help just, you with high school. He's just fortunate at that point. Could have been worse. Yeah, but it does help you with high school sports. That's what I'm going to say. No, it doesn't. No, it, you know, it doesn't do that. But what it does is that, you know, you got manners. You try and teach your kids everything you could possibly think that is going to matter but you still got to deal with the outside stuff. The minute they're out on their own, you worry. You're never sleeping. You know how many nights we stayed up once they started driving. That's just Ugh. a whole nother world you got to go through and get through to get to where I am at 69 years old. And then listening to Bonnie, where are they? You know, on her knees, out the window all the time. When they did come home at whatever night, you heard about it because they can't keep a secret or they're so loud coming in. But name somebody or some family that hasn't gone through all this stuff. And they're, if they say no, then they're lying. Well, I've said it before, but at night, like I think of the worst case scenarios in mm -hmm. my head of Henley. And she's not even out on her own. She's right. not even doing anything. But I like the other night I was just sitting there and I imagined her playing on the top of the steps and holding on to the banister that's there. And me tripping and falling, bumping into her, she goes through the banister little uh, spigot, wooden yeah. things, and falls uh, flat on the floor. Like, that's what I think in my head. Oh. I think every parent has that fear. Because, you know, now that you're a parent, you can understand the absolute love mm. and concern and care. And you're always, always caring. Now, you're 37 36. Okay, sorry. You're 36. Matthew is 32 and Lindsay's 35. I don't think there's a day that goes by that we don't worry. I listen to the radio. I listen to the TV. By the time it's nine o'clock and I don't hear any accidents on the parkway, any accidents on the turnpike, any accidents on 195, my day is fine. And same with them coming home. So you're saying that the anxiety probably won't go away. It never goes away, ever, yeah. ever. You always, always worry, no matter what, no matter what. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize it until I started thinking those thoughts about Henley. Yeah, so. well, you, can't, you can't think bad thoughts, you know, but you just got to be aware of everything that goes on. What are your final thoughts? Could be about anything. 
Could be about it. You're speaking to thousands and thousands of people right now. What are your final thoughts? Okay. My final thought is, please, somebody buy my house. What a selfish person you are. Final thoughts is, you know, there's no right or wrong uh, bringing up anything from the minute the baby comes out, you're not automatically in love with it until you start caring for it. So that takes probably a week. Then once the baby starts to grow and starts to talk and starts to walk, and you know, you're even if you're having the worst day in the world at work or wherever you are, when you go home, just like they say, puppies are unconditional love. When, when you come home, well, babies are the exact same way. I mean, but they're yours. They're part of you. And that level of love, I've always told everybody that you love your friends, you love your parents, you know, your cousin, whatever, but so you have a baby. That level of love goes to the truest level and, and to the top. And that's where Doug's anxiety is coming in with Henley. We still have it, but not as much. But, you know, we still look at our grandchildren, the three of them, as if they were our kids anyway, which they are. So that's, you know, my final thoughts on this. But the other thing is, is today in this day and age, be aware of your surroundings. Don't get so busy and keep on doing things and keep pushing around and, you know, not nothing really or getting so tired. You've got to make time to look around because in this nutty world right now. It was never like that back when we were. We thought those were a great time, but you always knew what was going on around you and the crowds that were there. So now you just got to watch out. So beware of your surroundings, people, and you should end up all right. Yeah. 10-4, good buddy. What do you have to say to your friends if they're listening? Fred, I can't believe I'm laughing so much at the fact that you got scammed for $210,000. Tim, I think I'm one or two strokes better than you. Carl, you're just a lunatic, a farm. The friggin' Ponderosa in New Egypt. You can't golf because you've got to shovel horse crap. That's amazing. And you still haven't built anything out there. Richie, you're going to be 70. No, you're going to make it first, but let us know how it is because who knows how many are going to be behind you. Agabetti, you're still too anxiety. They should have taken your heart out and put it on top of your head. Just sewn it at someplace else. All right. That's all I got to say. <laughs> and how about you? Somebody buy my house so I can move closer to you all. Oh, well, we love you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh, my God. Your parents are a riot. I have a feeling that every time we have them on, there's going to be more embarrassing stories about me. I love it. I love, love, love hearing it. Well, it's good to hear from their perspective because as a parent, I kind of get it now, which I never got it as a kid. Yeah. Although they say that you are a really good kid. I was a golden boy. Yeah. No I had way. my fair share of troubles, which I feel like I led the way for my brother and sister. But anyway. I doubt you are a golden boy as much as I love you. Yeah. You know what? It's always good to get their perspective, I think, because it's a totally different conversation now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope that you guys loved hearing our little greasy girl chatting along. And I hope that you guys had a laugh or two out of this. We definitely had a lot of fun on this podcast. And next week, we're going to have another great podcast episode for you. We want to say thank you so much. And if you wanted to take a moment to just stop and take a screenshot, tag us, let us know who you are, because we like to see a face behind all of our listeners. We'd love yes. to get to know you guys. Yeah, we love you. And we appreciate you. And we can't wait to talk to you next week. Yeah. Love you. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. For now. Only for now. Bye.
I literally talk about the first time I ever saw my husband's penis and touched it. So if you want a good story, go to Amazon.com and search Wifey 101, or you can go to jamiotis.com and snag an autographed copy of my book. And coming from someone that was crying at the altar and thought the experts failed them, three days later, you touched my penis. <laughs> it's true. Visit us online at jamieotis.com for more great resources.